As Pastor Brandon said, I'm, I guess I am concluding the series he started a couple weeks ago called Devoted. And this morning I want to talk to you about a whole new level of living. How many of you would like it if God would bring you to a whole new level of living? That's about ten of you. How many of you would like it if the Lord would give you a whole new level of living? Amen. Well, I want you to know the Lord wants to do it. There's a real possibility for that to happen. Your life can continue to be transformed and you can continue to grow and go with God and your life can continue to improve until you breathe your last. Amen? And, uh, you know, if we attempted to locate the quality of our life on a scale, you know, say like we had a scale and, and the scale, number one, was a bad life. Like, how's your life going? It's bad. And then you go up the scale and, and you say, you know what, I, I'm, I, my life is not bad, but man, I'm somewhere around the middle. I, I, I think I got an average life. Some of you maybe have an average life, and, but some of you, man, you would, just, you would just move up that scale. And you would say, man, Todd, my life is extraordinary. It's a 10. My life is a level 10. And then there's some of us somewhere in between all of that. But most everybody in here could locate ourselves and say either we got a bad life, we got an average life, or we got a great life. And I want to encourage you regardless of where that you are today on that scale. You know, uh, I, I, I want to just break this crowd up today into three groups and see if you can locate yourself and the first group is the possibility that some of you are in the group that's called the desperate. The desperate are those that are totally unhappy and discouraged with life. You ever been there? For those of us that might be there, why don't you just say amen? And you know, you may be feeling hopeless, depressed, stuck in a deep pit. And just struggling to get out. And the reality is, there's the possibility that somebody in this room is feeling desperate today. And then there's another group of people, which I'm calling the content. And the content are those that are enjoying a pretty average life. It's not terrible, but it's not extraordinary either. It's pretty average. And sometimes you can just grow content with life and, and just be content with a mediocre life. And just say, it's good enough. It's, it's good enough. Well, I want to encourage you. The Lord has something better for you. Amen. And then, of course, there's some of us that, that I call the it's, it's enough group. It's enough. You're enjoying an amazing life. God has blessed you. God has touched your life. And you said, it's enough. And, you know, the problem is, is that whenever you get to the it's enough stage of life, you quit desiring for anything more, anything greater. And I want to encourage you, you haven't reached the mountaintop yet. As long as you hear my voice, you hadn't finished the race that God has for you. I suggest that you just keep climbing. Amen. Come on. I suggest that you, you, you breathing, keep climbing because there's more in store. Regardless of where you are right now, I want you to know that it's possible for your life to be changed and transformed and for you to go to a whole nother level. How many of you want to go to a whole nother level? Amen. In John 10, 10, Jesus said this. He said, the thief comes to kill, steal and destroy, but I've come that you might have life and you have it abundantly. Now, Jesus 
right here in this verse, I think he describes two levels of living. And he said, first of all, I came that you might have life. Take a breath right now. That's indication that you have life, right? I came that you might have life and have it abundantly. Now, if you're alive, you're at level one. You got life. But he didn't come for you to have a level one life. He came to have for you to have a level 10 life, an abundant life. Amen. What's an abundant life? It's a life that Christ touches with his presence that causes everything in your life to begin to prosper and be changed and move upward and outward. I believe, you know, an abundant life is a life that's so filled with God's presence and his blessing that it begins to spill over and bless others around you. Come on, how many of you want that kind of life? You know, the patriarch Joseph, I believe, is an example of somebody that lived an abundant life. Whenever he was a slave in Egypt, you, you know the story, but, you know, just if you, if you just freeze frame just one aspect of his life, whenever he was a slave in Egypt, he was a slave. When he was a slave in Egypt, he prospered. In fact, the Bible says in Genesis 39 two, the Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did. And he served in the, the home of the Egyptian master. Now think about it. A spiritual lost king was getting blessed because Joseph was in the house. Now, I don't know. I don't think you got that yet, but I'm, I'm going to keep drilling down on that one. Joseph was so blessed that a heathen guy that he worked for was getting blessed because the blessing of God was so intense on his life that this heathen king was getting blessed. Come on, how many of you know that's a whole nother level of living right there? Amen. Now, think about this. Not, not only that, but when he was a prisoner in prison, yet he prospered. In fact, the Bible says in Genesis 39, 23, the warden had no more worries because Joseph took care of everything. The Lord was with him and caused everything he did to succeed. The warden was kicking back and saying, man, Joseph's running this place. Now, why would you let a prisoner run this place? Because the touch of God was on his life. The blessing of God was on his life. The warden was getting blessed because Joseph was in his prison. Oh, glory to God. Come on. Come on. How many of you know there's more? See, an abundant life is having such a release of the blessing and favor of the Lord in your life that it begins overflowing and blessing everybody around you. Come on. How many of you want that kind of life? Amen. I love John 10, 10 in the, in the Amplified. It says, I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Amen. Jesus didn't say, I came that you might have a humdrum kind of life. He said, I came that you might have an abundant life. Amen. An extraordinary life. Amen. A level 10 kind of life. I, I brought my little illustration today and, and you might have saw something like this before, but I, I love it, you know. And, uh, you know, the Lord says, uh, you know, whenever you got conceived in the wound and you came out and you breathe your first, the Lord says, I've come that you might have life. And then he fills your cup up a little bit and you walk around and you, you have life. I mean, you, I mean, you living, you're breathing, you're enjoying life. I mean, goodness, the gracious, I'm alive. Praise the Lord. Say, how's that? I'm above ground. I'm alive. And then sometimes we get settled and we say, okay, man, this is good enough. I got, I got life. And Jesus said, no, listen, I didn't die on the cross and shed my blood so you can just kind of live your life. He said, I shed my blood. I gave my all so that you could just not have life, but you could have abundant life. Amen. Come on. I want to fill your cup. Amen. Come on. 
He said, listen, you're living with your, your glass way too empty. I want to fill that cup up till it overflows. In fact, it's, it's not good enough for you to be full. I want you to begin to overflow so that your spill, the blessing of the Lord begins to spill around all over the place and people around you see the touch of God. They feel the touch of God. They get blessed with the touch of God. And your life begins to go from glory to glory, from blessing to blessing. Amen. Amen. So how do you get to that whole new level of living? I want to just share a couple of thoughts. I think the key is right here in our sermon text that Pastor Brandon's been reading for the last couple of weeks, and it's Acts chapter 2 and verse 42. And it says, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. Deep sense of awe came over them, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. Now, in the last two weeks, Pastor Brandon has been unpacking those different things that the church was doing. They devoted themselves. They were learning the apostles' teaching. They were fellowshipping with love. They were sharing meals, having communion. They continued in fervent prayer for the church and for each other. And as a result, three things happened. Number one, the power of God was released over the church. Number two, miraculous signs and wonders began to happen because the power of God was released over the church. And number three, God's kingdom expanded that so many souls were getting saved. Come on, how many of you know that's abundant life right there? Now, here's what I see happening in the New Testament church. As the church devoted themselves to these spiritual practices, there was a release of the divine provision and power of God over the church. And here's what I want you to know. What happened to the church corporately can happen to the Christian individually. See, when we read what happened in the New Testament church, we say, oh, that was back then, that was in that dispensation. I want you to know that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same Jesus that was in the New Testament church is the same Jesus that is here today. He does not change. Amen. He's here, right? So what happened to the church, I think, is because they had a complete devotion to God. Three keys to help you get to the next level of living. Number one, you got to deepen your devotion to God. If you want your life to move to the next level, you got to go down deep. You got to stick your roots down deep in the Lord. Acts chapter 2 and verse 42. And all the believers devoted themselves. And then he lists what they were devoted to. See, they didn't just study the teachings. They deeply devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They didn't just fellowship with one another. They deeply devoted themselves to fellowshipping with one another. They didn't just pray for the church and for one another. They deeply devoted themselves. And I think the key, the New Testament church, was experiencing supernatural explosive growth. It was because the church had such a deep hunger and desire for more of God. If you want your life to go from one to ten, you gotta devote yourself. You gotta go deeper with the Lord because that's a key. Be devoted. Deepen your relationship with God. What does it mean to deepen your devotion to the Lord? It means to give your full attention to. It means to give your heart fully and completely. It means to, to be hungry for more of God, to pour 100% of your heart into knowing God and serving God without hesitation or reservation. You got to go all in. You can't just stick your big toe in and say, let me test the water. No, you got to just roll your sleeves back and you got to take a dive in. Amen. Come on, don't hang out in the shallow part of the pool. You need to swim out to the deep. Amen. 
you got to go all in. And I'm telling you, when you decide to grow and deepen your relationship with God, you're going to start experiencing more of the glory and the power and the blessing of God in your life. Amen. So how do you deepen your walk with God? you got to invest more time. I mean, the only way you can, you can grow your relationship is you got to invest more time. You got to invest more time in growing your relationship with God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 6, it says this, whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Now, that's a basic biblical principle, right? If you put a little bit into it, you're going to get a little bit out of it. It's talking about giving in this context, but I think you can just, again, if you give a little, you're going to get a little. If you give a lot, you're going to give a lot. That's that's what he's talking about. But how many of you know that if you give more to your relationship with God, you're not going to do that in vain. You're not going to sow time and attention into your relationship with God and it just not have any effect. I'll tell you what it'll do. It'll bring your life to a whole new level of living. Come on, how many of you want your life to go to a, a whole new level of living? Amen. I want to encourage you today. If you want your life to go deeper with the Lord, you got to increase your spiritual intake. you got to feed your spiritual life. Galatians 6, 7 says, Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the rep flesh reap what? But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap what? Eternal life. The more you feed your spiritual life, the more your relationship with the Lord will grow. Amen. Here's another key, I think, to deepen your relationship with God. You got to make your relationship with God your top priority. You see, you're not going to grow deeper with the Lord if it's somewhere on the list. It's got to be on the top of the list. Come on, it's got to be on, it's got to be number one, right? How many of you would agree with that? Jesus said, if you want to follow me, you got to take up your cross and follow me. You got to die to yourself, right? And so, you know, you got to make your relationship your top priority. Jesus said it like this in Matthew 6, 33. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. First means top priority. It's got to be top priority. And I think too often, we get saved, we get born again, Christ comes in our life, and our life begins to change, but then we get we we get lackadaisical, we become complacent, and we just kind of, oh, if I have any time left, oh Lord, I'm gonna sow it in your kingdom. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to you. But we gotta we gotta reverse that. We got him down here, we gotta put him up here. And we say, Listen, if I do anything today, I'm growing in my walk with God. If I do anything today, come on, listen. I mean, you get up at four o'clock in the morning, they got people riding their bikes, running around town, going to gyms, and ways. I mean, people are going crazy about doing what they love to do because it's a top priority. But I'm telling you, when you want to deepen your relationship with God, you're going to get up early. You're going to stay up late. You're going to do whatever it takes to sow into your spiritual life. And then you're going to start growing spiritually. Come on, if you agree with me, just say amen right there. Come on, it has to be first. Put the Lord first in your day. Put him first in your day. Read your Bible. Spend time in prayer and devotion to God. Number two, put the Lord first in your week. Don't make church attendance on Sunday, uh, you know, an option. No, make it a priority. 
I ain't making a price. If I'm going to do anything this week, I'm going to church. You got to go to church to go to heaven? No, absolutely not. But when you get up and you wash your, your face and you brush your teeth and you get in your car and you come down to church, you're saying, Lord, I'm going to your house. I'm going to be with your people. I'm going to worship you. I'm going to serve you. And I'm telling you, when you put the Lord first, God knows what's going on. And He's the one that has all power, all glory, all wisdom, all, all anointing. And He can pour it out on whomever He would like to. And I don't want to be left left out, I would like him to pour a little water on me. Amen. Come on. Come on. I want my cup to overflow. Amen. So you got to put him first. Put him first in your finances. Give to the Lord the tithe. Put the Lord first in your things to do list. Here's the number one next level living principle. Where regardless of where your life is today, the Lord wants it to go to a whole nother level. But you must deepen your relationship with God. If you got that, say, I got it. The second key to going to the next level of living is strive to live your life immersed in the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 1 and verse 4, it says, once when he was eating with them, he commanded them. This is Jesus. He was eating with them and he commanded them. Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, this isn't the first time I tell you about this. John baptized with water, but just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. You know the word baptized here means to immerse, to be submerged, and to be overwhelmed in and make fully wet. In fact, he uses the picture of baptism here, the picture of water baptism, which the water baptism means to be immersed in water. The Lord doesn't want to sprinkle us with His Holy Spirit. He wants to baptize us with His Holy Spirit. He don't want to just wet our forehead with His Holy Spirit. He wants to drown us in His Spirit. Amen. Oh, y'all with me out there? Come on. He wants to immerse us. Being baptized with the Holy Spirit will radically transform your life. This was, listen, this was the event that transformed the New Testament church. We forget about that. The deep spiritual devotion of the church that we just read about in Acts chapter 2 at the end of the chapter was because of the experience they had at the beginning of the chapter. I mean, you read the last and you say, yeah, that's great. But read the first part and you'll see why they did the second part. Because in Acts chapter 2, it's in verse 1, it says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place and suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. I want you to know, if you want your life to be changed, you need to be immersed in the Holy Spirit. You need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Not just like a trickle, not just like a, uh, just a, a little bit. You need to dive in. Amen. Tongues of fire rested on any of, or on each of them. 
It was the fire of the Holy Spirit that fueled the spiritual passion and boldness. Listen, you can't serve God without the fuel of the Holy Spirit. You'll be limited. You'll be able to go just so far. If Jesus told the disciples not to leave Jerusalem till they were baptized with the Holy Spirit, who do we think we are to be better than the disciples that we can go around doing what Christianity asks us to do? No, we can't do it. We got to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Spirit. It was the power of the Holy Spirit that released miracles of healing and deliverance and deep spiritual growth. Pardon me while I just preach myself happy here today. It was the fire of the Holy Spirit that will give you fire and passion and power to overcome and to live victoriously. You can't do it on your own. You can't do it in your flesh. You need the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. That's the way it happens. Amen. It's the way it's going to happen. To become deeply devoted and empowered by the Lord, you need the help, the infilling, and the empowering of the Holy Spirit. I heard this, this, this experience or this analogy in John chapter 7. Jesus uh, uh, reminds us of His role in the bapti- baptizing of the Spirit. And um, in, in each year, the Israelites, they celebrated the Feast of Tabernacles. And... Uh, In the Feast of Tabernacles, uh, what they did was all the people gathered in Jerusalem, they gathered around the temple, and they celebrated the Feast of Tabernacles. And at the end of the Feast of Tabernacles, it was was coming for the priest to take a golden pitcher, and he would go go to the pool of Siloam, and he would dip the pitcher in the water, and he would fill the pitcher with water. And then he would walk up the steps of Jerusalem and all the crowd would, would, would just follow him and he would go to the temple and he would go and stand in the front of the altar with a golden pitcher of water. And he would raise the pitcher of water and he'd say, and it was a commemoration of the event that happened in Exodus 17 where Moses hit the, the rock and water came out of the rock. Remember that? It was a commemoration of that. And he said, remember what the Lord did. For our ancestors, whenever they were in the wilderness and they were dying of thirst and they were thirsty and the Lord caused a river to flow out of a rock and He would raise the pitch and everybody would shout and praise God and say, yes, He is faithful, He's glorious. And then finally at the end, He would pour the water out on the altar and everybody would just give a good shout and a celebration to the Lord because of what the Lord had done. And then right after that, on this particular Feast of Tabernacles, Jesus stepped up. And in John chapter 7, it says now, verse 37, on the last day, the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the Scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke of the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For the Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Jesus describes the Holy Spirit as not just water, but living water. The only thing that can truly satisfy the deep need of humanity and the deep thirst of humanity is the living water of the Holy Spirit. Education won't satisfy you. 
Drugs and alcohol won't satisfy you. Entertainment won't satisfy you. Relationships won't satisfy you. You need to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Amen? You need to have the living water. In John chapter 16, in verse 7, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send Him to you. The disciples didn't want Jesus to go away. But He said, you guys don't understand. I'm limited in how many people I can be with at one time. But whenever I go, the, the Father is going to send one just like me. Paracleto. He's coming to walk alongside of you. You don't have to walk on this earth all by yourself and all alone. If you fall, you're going to have somebody to pick you up. If you're down in the pit, you'll have somebody to get you out of that pit. Come on, if you're struggling and limping along, you're going to have somebody to get you out. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. He's the helper. He's the comforter. He's the, he's the exhorter. He's the encourager. Come on, how many of you need a little encouragement in your life? Amen. The helper. We can't live an abundant life without the power of the Holy Spirit. In Ephesians 5.18, Paul said, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. I know you've heard that said, but it doesn't mean a one time be touched or sprinkled with the Holy Spirit. No, it means daily you need to be immersed. It means just like you need a bath every day to keep the stink off of you, you need a bath in the Spirit, amen, to keep the stink off of you, amen. Come on. You need the power of the Holy Spirit to keep you washed and sanctified. Come on, you gotta need, you have to have the power of the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit means continually and constantly. To be filled with the Spirit means to walk in the Spirit and to be controlled by the Spirit. Amen. Are y'all with me? And so listen, we underestimate the power of the Spirit. And I know I hear, I hear rumblings that, you know, maybe, maybe tongues have ceased. I'm telling you, tongues have not ceased. Tongues are just about to take off. Amen. In the last days, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Listen, the reason why we're not seeing miracles in the church and the deliverance in the church and the miraculous in the church is we got an absence of the presence and the power and the anointing of the living God. Come on, if each of us will get baptized in the Holy Spirit and show up to church in the Holy Spirit, we'll see radical change in our community. Amen. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on, if you agree, just shout and say amen. 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 Now, how do you live a spirit-filled life? Number one, you have to stay in a constant state of praise and worship, I think. In Ephesians 5 and 18, the verse we just read, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs among yourselves, and making music to the Lord in your heart. I learned that worship and praise will fill me up spiritually. Amen. Jesus. 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 You don't even have to sing good. Amen. You can make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Amen. Come on, listen. I like the message says, you know, listen, don't be drunk with mine and don't listen to drunken music. Listen to godly music. Listen to this music of the spirit of the God and you're going to get spirit filled. And listen, your anxiety is going to go out of the room. 
your depression is going to go out of the room. Because listen, darkness can't stay where light is. And when you get filled with the Spirit, you got the boldness of the Lord in your life. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. The more you praise and worship the Lord and make music to the Lord in your hearts, the more Spirit-filled I believe you'll be. You know, it's uh, Psalm 100. It says, enter His gates with thanksgiving. You know, I, I was thinking about this. Whenever I worked in the oil field, you know, I was, I got saved at 22. I was still working in the oil field. And uh, man, I, I mean, my life was a mess. I mean, some of yours, you're saints compared to what my life was. Not not everybody. Some of you were just, <clears throat> I know some of you were just right there with me, right? But anyway, I would go out on the rigs, you know, it was on these oil field rigs and, you know, they got a bunch of, you know, heathen there, man. And man, they'll eat you up and spit you out. I mean, you know, I mean, it was rough. I know, I know some of you guys been there, done that and all that. But man, I used to, man, after I finished my, my time, I finished my 12 hours of work and I got off, I went and ate my meal and there, there are heliports on those platforms and those rigs. And you go up a couple of flights of steps. And when you get to that helipad, whenever it's dark, I mean, it's just you and Jesus up there. I mean, you see the stars. There's not anything to dis, dis, uh, you know, to, uh, to, uh, distract you, get your focus off. And I used to get on that heliport and I would just worship my little heart out and say, Jesus, I love you. Come on. You know what's wonderful? It's like you don't have to know a lot. Hallelujah. I get on the heliport and just say, Hallelujah. And I'd just be worshiping the Lord, man, in the presence of God. And I felt like I was just getting washed and cleansed and purified. And man, one day I was up there just, I was careful not to walk off the heliport because then you go into the Gulf of Mexico, you know, and, and I was just walking around and somebody, I don't know, somebody had an idea that we could go exercise up there. And I'm just walking around with my eyes closed and I open my eyes and there was a somebody right there it's like what are you doing i say man i'm just spending time with the lord i'm trying to get the spirit filled because i don't want my life to be bad i don't want it to be mediocre i want to have an abundant life a blessed life a, a life that blesses people around me i want so much life in me that when people get around me they will experience life when they get around me i encourage you Put praise and worship on in your house. Put it in your car. Amen. Come on. Get by yourself and just say hallelujah. Jesus. 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 That's all you got to do. And you'll experience the presence of God. And you know what happens is life tends to empty out our cup. And every day we need a little bit more. Come on, we don't live overflowing. We gotta keep worshiping. We gotta keep worshiping. We gotta keep seeking the Lord and our cup will begin to fill up over and over again. Amen. Live with an attitude of gratitude and thanksgiving. The very next verse, he says, give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now when you read those verses together, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit continuously. Sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs among yourselves, making music to the Lord in your heart, and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I've learned that my attitude affects my spiritual life. That if I keep my attitude right, if I have an attitude of gratitude, I'm going to be more Spirit-filled. 
But if I live, if I live on the street of murmuring and complaining and griping, I'm not going to live spirit. I'm going to be a cantankerous Christian is what I'm going to be. I don't want to be a cantankerous Christian. I want to be a, a Christian full of the joy and the peace of the Lord. What about you? Come on. He says, give thanks for everything, for everything, for everything, even your trials. Give thanks. Rejoice in the Lord at all times. This is the will of the Lord. Give thanks at all times. Amen. An attitude of gratitude. How many of you are grateful the Lord has touched your life? How many of you are grateful? That you had the means of getting here today. How many of you are grateful that somebody was able to get you some clothes or you worked to get you and you didn't have to come here buck naked. You got some clothes on. Amen. And you probably had a toothbrush and some toothpaste where you could brush your teeth. Amen. Come on. I don't know if you've ever been where you can't brush your teeth, but it's a blessing to be able to brush your teeth. Come on. There's a million and one things that you can just get in the presence of God and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I don't want to murmur and complain. I remember reading the Bible one day and I saw that whenever the children of Israel began murmuring and complaining, snakes came. I said, I don't want no snakes in my I hate snakes. Come on, how about you? I don't want no snakes in my house. Amen. Amen. Pray in the Spirit at all times. Ephesians 6.18, with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in your heavenly language. Pray while you're worshiping. Pray while you're working. Of course, be discreet. Your, your co-worker's going to think you're crazy. Pray in the Spirit under your breath. Amen. Pray in the Spirit while you're driving. They don't know you might be talking. They, they think you might be talking. But you're just praying in the Spirit. Amen. Amen. And it'd be hard for you to tell people they're number one when you're praying in the Spirit. Amen. Pray in the Spirit while you're playing. Come on. At all times, pray in the Spirit. Amen. you got to be Spirit-filled. Jude 20, dear friends, build yourself up in your most holy faith. Pray in the Holy Spirit. If you think about it, the reason why Joseph was so successful, the Bible says in Genesis 39-2, the Lord was with Joseph. So he succeeded in everything he did. It was the presence of God. Remember Obed-Edom, whenever he had the Ark of the Covenant, which represented the presence of God. When Obed had the, the Ark in his possession, everything got blessed. His whole house was blessed. Everything around him is like, man, what's going on here? It was the presence of God. Do you know you are a carrier of the presence of God? You're the Ark of the Covenant, amen? You're the temple of the Holy Spirit, amen? Come on, live spirit-filled. If you got that, say, I got it. The third way to deepen your devotion to God is exercise your faith and begin expecting more from the Lord. You know, somebody said faith is like a muscle. If you don't use it, you lose it. I don't know, but I believe we've got to exercise our faith. I believe we've got to constantly. It pleases God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Faith. You have to use your faith to grow stronger. Just like working out. If you want your muscles to get stronger, you got to use them, right? And if you want your faith to get stronger, you got to 
Believe God for something. James 2.17 says, Even so, faith, if it has no works, it's dead, being by itself. What is faith? Faith is expecting and believing for God to work in your life and move in your life and do extraordinary things. Amen. It's expecting to receive more than you've already received from the Lord. Never get satisfied with where you're at and where you're going. Come on. The enemy of more of God is to be satisfied with what you got. Come on, brothers and sisters. There's another mountain to climb. There's another blessing. There's another level of living. Come on. It don't matter if you feel like your life is extraordinary. I believe the Lord wants your life to get extra, extra extraordinary. Amen. I don't know what other word to use, but you know what I'm talking about, right? Come on. How many of you know the Lord has more? He has more. Faith is expecting more. Have you ever taken time to just dream of what God might want to do in your life? Have you ever taken time to just say, Lord, what would you want to do with my life? If I totally and completely surrendered to you, Lord, what would you want to do? How would you want to use me? How would you want to change my life? I want to encourage you to dream again. Dream and visions are the language of the Spirit. And I want you to begin to dream, amen, that God would do amazing things in your life. What he might do in your family, what he might do in your career, your business, what he might do with your business, your your ministry, what he might do, how he might use you. Come on, there's more. First Corinthians two nine. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor has, has entered the mind, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Notice what the Scripture says. No eye is seen. You haven't seen the best yet. No ear is heard. You haven't heard the full extent of what the Lord wants to do. No mind is imagined. You haven't even in your wildest dream begin to believe what God might do in your life when you're totally, 100%, completely devoted to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Amen. The Lord has planned more for your life. Ephesians 3.20, to him who is able to do far more abundantly and beyond all that we could ask or think according to the, the power, the power that works within us. Brothers and sisters, the Lord has more planned for you and I. Amen. Now, as we conclude, I want to just talk to you again. These three groups of people. Maybe somebody in this room right now, you're desperate. I remember coming into this church. It wasn't in this building, but it was right over there. I was desperate. I was empty. I was void. I had no purpose. I had no happiness. I was depressed. I was discouraged. I was wondering, is there anything else to life? You might be in this room today and feeling destitute. I want you to know that God's got a different plan. He's got more for your life. Amen? The Bible says if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old has passed away. And behold, all, all things become new. You know, I lived 11 years of my life. Stone, drugs, alcohol, all of that stuff. I'm telling you, that's so foreign to my mind these days. Thank God for His salvation and His amazing grace and the power of His Spirit. Come on, I'm so happy that the Lord saved me. Amen. That I can't even comprehend with that anymore because the Lord transformed my life. Would you do me a favor? Just bow your head with me for a moment. If you're here today and you say, man, Todd, 
I'm destitute. I, I, I'm, I'm distressed. I'm, I'm, I, I'm just at the end of my rope. And I'm desperate. I'm desperate. I need the Lord. I need change in my life. I'm ready to surrender. Might have prayed a little prayer somewhere along back. Come on. You gotta, you gotta go all in. You gotta dive in. You gotta give it all to the Lord. If you're here today and you say, Lord, I'm ready. Todd, would you pray for me? I'm ready. Just lift your hand. Just raise your hand real quick. I see your hand. I see your hand. Anybody else? I see your hand. I see your hand. Right over here. Right over here. Right over here. Right. I see your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, those of you that raised your hand, just in respect and honor of those that are responding, just raise both hands like this to the Lord. Just raise both of your hands to the Lord. Those of you that said, I'm ready. I'm desperate. I need the Lord. Come on. The Lord is going to meet you right here, right now. And just pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for shedding your blood for my sins. Lord, I need you. My life is bad. But I believe, I believe you can change it. And I'm surrendering to you. I'm turning my life over to you. I'm asking you, Lord, to come into my heart. Forgive me of all my sins. I'm sorry. I'm turning from that life. And I'm turning to you. Thank you, Lord, for accepting me. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. And amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Now, can we just stand together as we close? I want you to just think about those other two groups that I just mentioned. Maybe that content group. Average, mediocre life. And say, you know, my life is not terrible. I mean, it's okay. It's average. But maybe today, hopefully you've been encouraged that, man, I need to keep shooting for the stars. Somebody said, you know, don't shoot for the, the, the street light because then, then you can, might hit the mailbox. Shoot for the stars. Amen. Come on. How many of you say, I need to shoot for the stars. I need to believe God for more. Come on. I, I want more. Come on, just close your eyes with me. For If you say, Todd, that's me. I want more. I want more. I want more. I, I'm believing for more. I'm believing for a better. I'm believing for a better. I'm believing for my life to, to begin to bless other people around me. Come on, you might be here today and you said, Lord, I'm, I'm, man, I've been blessed. It's enough. But today the Lord's saying it's not enough. You can't quit striving. You can't quit climbing. You haven't reached the apex of what I have for you. Come on, just lift your hands to the Lord right now. And let's ask the Lord. Come on, I want you to begin to dream. I want you to begin to dream. Dream of what the Lord might want to do with your life and how the Lord might bless your life. Come on, just begin to dream. Just begin to dream. Thank you, Father. Lord, I pray for everyone. There's a whole new level of living. Lord, we want more. More. More of you. More of what you have for us. More of your power. More of your presence. More of your destiny. Lord, we pray today in the strong and the mighty name of Jesus that you would release your grace over this place right now. Thank you, Father, for stirring our faith. For 
causing us, Lord, to begin to believe God for more and more in our life today. In the strong and the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. And everybody that agreed shouted and said, Amen. 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 Well, listen, this, I, I just wanted to share this quick story with you. And, and then you could go. Uh, years ago, whenever I started pastoring the church after Brother Francis retired, um, I went to a conference and the, in a conference, a speaker asked me, he said, Todd, what are you, what are you dreaming of? What's your vision? And I was like, oh, and I thought about it for a minute. And I said, well, you know, they got this apartment complex behind the church called Ildecon. And I'm believing God to save some souls over there. We had started giving out school supplies and, and, and uh, praying for people, but I, I was believing for more. And he looked at me. And he said, that's your vision? I said, yeah, yeah, win souls, you know. thought it was pretty good. He's like, man, Todd, you need to start dreaming, man. You serve a big God. Why don't you buy the whole complex? <laughs> I can remember choking, like, you know, <laughs> this guy's vision was so much bigger than mine. How many of you know God's vision is bigger than ours? How many of you know God has way more than we can even imagine? Amen. So I say dream. Brothers and sisters, dream more for God. Do more for God in Jesus' name. God bless you. You're dismissed. Have a great week.